Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode 31 of Poker All the Games, where we will discuss a game called 777. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the northeast coast of the United States, along with co-host Martin, who joins me from Malta. Martin and I enjoy mixed poker games. We've also each written a poker book, and we also enjoy trying different beers. So we'll be starting off today's show as we do each episode, with me reviewing a beer from the U.S. and Martin reviewing one from Europe. So each episode, I'll have a beer from a different state in the U.S. So sit back, grab a beer as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer review and subsequent discussion of mixed poker games. So I'm pouring a second fiddle. It's an imperial or double IPA. Uh, same thing from Fiddlehead Brewing Company in Vermont. So I'm staying in the northeast of the, the United States here. Let's uh, Let's have a smell. Oh, wow. As expected, because this is a double IPA, this has notes of pine and citrus, and the citrus is mainly a grapefruit smell. Let's have a look. This beer pours a light, it's a light golden color um, with a yellowish uh, beer foam, and it's it's pretty clear, mi mildly hazy. And now for the best part, let's have a taste. Oh, wow. I love the, these beers from the from the Vermont area and Maine are so great. This is just simply put, this is a well-made beer. I'm getting notes of pine and grapefruit, which follow the nose, but the taste is more intense. With it's more of a a resinous, uh, sappy kind of piney yumminess. I know it might not sound might, might not sound too tasty, <laughs> but um, it's a sort of sticky, sappy, piney, resiny <laughs> flavor. There's a slight maltiness, a little bit of sweetness from the malt, which helps to rein in some of that hop bitterness, but it's not nearly as malty as the 60-minute uh, IPA I reviewed from Dogfish Head in episode 29. This beer has uh, probably a medium body, solid mouthfeel, and lively carbonation. Um, second fiddle Imperial IPA is well-balanced, and it's what I would call... Uh, New England's version of a West Coast IPA, but doubly so, coming in at 8.2% ABV. So while I sit back and continue to enjoy this one, Martin, what do you have for us from Europe? That sounds good, uh, Sean. I've, I've found a beer in Malta that's from Portugal. Um, it's called Super Bock. Uh, it's not a craft beer. It's I think it's a fairly... Uh, I suppose mass-produced beer over there in Portugal. I think it's the most popular beer in Portugal. But I wanted to try one from a different country, and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's looking good. It's um, 
very clear and color wise i would describe it as a yellowy amber and it's, it's got a, 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 a nice head of white foam yeah i can smell it's a definite lager smell let's taste it let's see what it tastes like yeah i mean that's a decent lager i don't drink a lot of lager it's a it's a very light bodied lager uh there's a bit of carbonation in there it's not too lively there's a bit of citrus in there. I think that's probably grapefruit as well. And there's some sweetness. It's 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 kind of a sweet malt flavor, I think. Um yeah, it's only 5.2%. So again, I'll try, try to be the um coherent one as we go through these episodes, John. <laughs> Cheers. Salute. Thanks, Martin. Remember that our focus here is non-holdem poker specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to try different variations of poker, whether you're a dealer, player, or card room manager. Our goal is to define the rules, the play, and easy to remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode, we'll be covering a game called 777, so, Martin, why don't you walk us through this game of 777? I feel like it's a slot machine game, Martin. I'm sorry. It's a triple seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it has anything to do with that, but uh, that's every time I say 777, I think of slots. <laughs> okay. Have you played this one, Sean? No? Uh, I don't I don't recall this one, no. um, honestly. So uh, this is I think this is gonna be new for me, but we'll see as you describe it if uh if I if any memories uh prop up. Okay, well. I first played it last summer in Las Vegas, and I would say that you, you, it's a game we should only play as a fixed limit variant. I'll go straight to the showdown rules before I talk about how the game is dealt. Essentially, there are potentially three pots. When we get to showdown, there's no... Actually, there's one community card, and apart from that, all the other cards are face down in the player's hand. And what you need to make from those six cards, that's five cards in your hand and one from the board, is you can qualify for a high hand by making at least three of a kind sevens. You can qualify for a low hand by making a seven or better low with ace, two, three, four, five being the nuts. And you can qualify for a badoogie by making a seven or better badoogie with ace, two, three, four being the nuts. So three potential pots. The number seven has a big part to play in deciding whether your hand qualifies or not. Potentially nobody qualifies, and if that happens, then the best overall low will win the pot, will scoop the pot. So that's the uh, sort of showdown rules. Now, how the game is dealt. Um, the small blind, oh, sorry, the, from the left of the dealer button, there'd be... The first person posts a small blind. The second posts a big blind. The dealer deals five cards face down in turn to each player. When that's completed, before anything else happens, the dealer turns the next card over, places that in the middle of the table, and that's a community card available to everyone. There's then a round of betting. So as I said, fixed limit is what I would recommend is you should stick to with this game. When that round of betting is completed the players can change cards. So the players that have not folded can now change any number of cards from zero up to five from the ones in their hand. 
the community card is always going to stay there and there's only going to be that one community card. So there's that first change of cards. When the players have declared what cards are changing, the dealer will burn a card from the top of the deck and replace the cards in turn to the players that are still in the hand. Following that, there's another round of betting starting to the left of the dealer button. The first player can check or bet and we're still on the small betting rounds. There are actually going to be three draws. So the first betting round and the, the draw, so the betting round after the first draw are both at the small bet size. When that betting round is completed, there's another chance to change cards. The players that are still in the hand will declare what they want to change. The dealer will burn a card and replace the cards, starting to the left of the dealer button again with fresh cards from the top of the deck. When that is over, the third betting round is a big bet size betting round. So double the bets of the first two rounds. That again is followed by a chance, a last chance to change cards. And this is followed by a fifth betting round. Depending on how many players are in the hand, you might end up with the deal having to reshuffle the deck. They should always keep the burn cards there. Or if they're going to reshuffle the burn cards, take two of them cards, take take the same number of cards from the muck, leave in the middle of the table so that players can see how many changes we've had. And we also the dealer should not ever have give the player a chance to receive their discarded cards on that round back. So if uh, let's say there are three players in in the hand on, on the second draw and he's replaced the two cards, the two first two players' cards. He won't include the third player's cards in the muck that he reshuffles to replace that third player's cards. Okay, I think I think that's about as clear as uh, <laughs> as clear as I can be at this stage. Do you have any questions, Sean? Maybe just go over the uh, sort of the qualifying hands again that you mentioned earlier on about the seven or better lower draw and the uh, the Badugi and maybe yeah, can you just sure. repeat that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, potentially there are three pots. The high pot, to qualify for that, you need at least three of a kind, sevens. The the low pot, you need a seven or better low. So, so you know, in, in, in Omaha high low and stud high low, we play eight or better. Well, in seven, 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 we play seven or better. So in the same way, ace, two, three, four, five is the nuts. You can also qualify for a low with a seven low or a six low, but an eight low doesn't qualify. The Badugi, to qualify for the Badugi, you need a seven or better Badugi with ace, two, three, four of all four suits being the best possible Badugi. So, yes, there are potentially three pots. Potentially. some Quite often, nobody qualifies for one of those, so there are only two pots. There might be a qualifying high and a qualifying low and no Badugi or, you know, any two of three. Sometimes there's only one qualifier. It depends how well people draw. Quite often if the community card is higher than seven, it makes it much more difficult to qualify for the Badugi and the low. Do you understand that? So if, if, the, community, if the open community card is a nine, people have to use the five cards in their hand to qualify for the Badugi or for the low. So sometimes that means that it's more difficult to, to do that. But, um, you know. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yes. Um, is, does that yeah, make it clear? Yeah. Yeah. How often do you find there's, I mean, one, two, or three pots getting split? Yeah. Is that is it often that there's two and not often there's three? What what kind of frequency would you say you've seen? My sample size is pretty small, and I haven't played this game particularly recently, which is a shame. I usually try to get a few hands in before I do the podcast, but I haven't had a chance in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but from vague recollection, I would say that usually there's more than one pot. Um, okay. And it's it's more of when there's a seven or lower as a community card, it's quite likely there will be three pots, if I remember correctly. Okay, so a lot of it sounds like it, it – obviously, we'll get to the strategy here in a minute, but uh sounds like the community card plays uh, a big part in, you know, how many pots there might uh, – it might be – how many ways the pot may be split. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. I'll just add one thing. We talked about Archie in episode number 23. It's a similar game to Archie, except – there's no no community card in Archie. The qualifier for Archie is eight or lower for low, and the qualifier for Archie is a pair of nines or better for high. So um, it has similar similarities to Archie, but the qualifiers are much more difficult in, in terms of just the five cards in your hand. And there's also that extra element of having a community card, which gives you um, gives you more ways to qualify. So it kind of balances that difficulty out, if you like. Yeah, I, I don't recall playing this game. Um, the other possibility is I did, and I just lost a pile of money, and I tried <laughs> to erase it from my memory. So I'm not sure which which of those is true. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think I remember um, uh, like a game with that could be split. A, a pot would be possibly split three ways. <laughs> Yeah. When when I was in Vegas last June, it was part of the, I mean, I played it in the Mixed Games Festival, Robbie Swazinski's Mixed Games Festival in Resorts World. But also when the festival wasn't even on, there were two lowish buy-in mixed games. Um, well, the 816 didn't feature 777, but the 48 game did feature 777. Uh, okay, that's the one I sat in, um, but but not I wasn't over there a lot, but I did sit in that game with you, and I just don't remember this one being called. But like I said, it, it, it is yeah. possible that there were a lot of games being called that I had never never heard of before, <laughs> and so I, I was my head was spinning. Uh, but it was so exciting, um, but just trying to keep up with the names and the rules and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you know I, I might have had a beer or two sitting next to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be a little bit cross purposes here, Sean. You you played in Robbie's games with me, but I don't know if you played in the regular daily uh, oh. resorts world games that that happen outside the festival. Okay, uh, that, no, that, that's uh, yeah, where. I did not. That's okay. where I mean the the four eight game is. Uh, it does include seven seven seven, but that's in a rotation, so people don't call the games. Uh, they just play six hands of this game, then six hands of the next game, and they have about 16 or 17 games that rotate. So uh, 777 was one of the games in that rotation. Okay, good. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. So, yeah, now I am positive that I did not play. So my memory my memory <laughs> is correct. I, I did not play, it, and you have helped me to verify that. <laughs> so thanks. Yeah, yeah. 
Good. Okay. Is that good for the rules? Should we move on to some uh, beginner's tips for 777 to get us started? Yeah, why not? Um, right. First of all, um, it's a fun game, this, and I don't think you, you can make too many mistakes early on, in even having a high VPIP. That's uh, voluntarily putting money in the pot. Um, but I always like to try to come off with come come out with something that is uh, don't be the mug rule, and in this one I will say, don't be the mug that plays too deep and too heavily with lots of bets going in when your hand only just qualifies. Okay, sometimes you're going to take a third, a half, even scoop the pot if you're lucky when your hand only just qualifies. So, for example. If you end up on the river with a seven, six, four, three, ace, low, no badoogie, and obviously no high qualifying hand. If there's lots of bets going in, you're really hoping to hang on for one third of the pot. And especially if the community card is low, it's going to be very unlikely that you're going to win that one third of the pot. So um, although I'm, I'm advocating playing many hands, being quite loose, in the early part of the uh, in the early part of the game, once you've had a few draws, you need to, especially when the bets get big, when the third betting round, you need to really start evaluating your hand and think: Am I going to qualify for a strong hand here, or am I going to end up just qualifying? Um, like I say, you might end up just qualifying, and you might end up taking part of the pot, and it will feel good. But don't let that um, drag you into playing too many hands like that because you'll win you'll lose a lot of money like that um yeah that's that's the don't be the mug tip another tip that i would like to suggest is uh, that you try to go for hands that qualify more than one way especially if the community card is a low card so if you can find a, a, a strong qualifying low and a strong qualifying badugi and by the way, you might end up with a five high or a six high straight that will qualify for all three. That's what you can you've got to aim for. I mean, it's hard to do that, but if you if you aim for that sort of a hand, you can often back into qualifying for at least two. Um, when the community card is higher than seven, I would be wary about continuing when you're looking for low, unless you've got at least three strong low cards in your hand in the in the early part of the in the early draws, and really, you look you're looking to draw to the nuts and and having a strong draw to the nuts. Um, if you're going for low, when the community card is a high card. Um, yeah, I think I think that that'll that'll do for strategy tips for this game. Yeah, so as I'm kind of going going through the rules in my head, if you have trips, if you have sort of the three sevens, let's just say because it's seven seven seven, you can't. I mean, you you could only split. You could only also have a badugi. You can't have a low because you wouldn't have five unique cards seven or below if you had trip sevens for example let's say right yeah you can just squeeze into a badoogie if you have 
let's say you have two sevens in your hand, there's a seven on the board, and you, your other three cards in your hand are lower than seven and off-suit. You have, you have all four suits represented somewhere. Um, you can qualify for a Badoogie. I mean, that, that, that's a hand that I guess is worth hanging on to, but um, it's going to be one of the worst possible Badoogies, and it's going to be the worst possible high hand. So, uh, again, <laughs> try not to... So the name, of the, game, yeah, isn't necessarily, the name of the game isn't necessarily the hand you want to hold on to. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it, right? It's called 777 seven, seven because of the three-of-a-kind sevens, and then the low has to be seven or better, and the Badoogie. So three pots, three sevens, I get it. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, huh, trip sevens aren't the best hand as I'm sort of thinking about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trip sevens are the worst possible high hands that... But can't win the high pot because you know you might be the only person that qualifies for that end of the pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a interesting. Game. There is, lot, yeah, there's a lot going on for sure. There's a lot to think about with a, a three way split pot. Wow, yeah, you, you know, something, um, I think I might have mentioned during the episode when we talked about Archie that Archie was named after Archie was a game designed to, um allow the biggest loser in a game to not feel so bad he can play a high voluntary high v-pip um so that's archie was developed for him to allow us a really really loose player to not feel so bad he can play a lot of hands get away with playing a lot of hands 777 is even more so i would say that a loose player can feel not so bad about playing a lot of hands here as long as he observes those rules about um by the time you get to your, to the big betting rounds, be strong or be drawing to something really strong um, or get out of there. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the V-Pip a few times here, and uh, this isn't a, a mixed game piece of news, but I know on a lot of these hold them streams that they're showing now, V-Pip seems to be some some factor that, you know, people are hanging on to and it means a lot, you know. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Yes, yes. And here you go. Here's a mixed game where you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> I think generally mixed games, um, you can be profitable playing mixed games with higher VPIP than you can withhold them. We withhold them. I think if you look at statistics for a typical online winning player, they're going to play. If, I'd be surprised if they play more than 20% of hands. And, you know, in mixed games, 20% is quite a low VPIP um, in most games, that is. Yeah, so see, yet, yet another reason to move over to mixed games. You can have a high VPIP and, <laughs> yeah. and, and you still, know what that still survive and have yeah, and have fun. And Yeah, you don't spend all your night folding. You don't send a bit of right, right. to fold all night, do you? <laughs> right, right. Like uh, there was a there's a quote, right, from Mike Sexton uh, years ago. And uh, something to the effect, poker is uh, hours of sheer boredom mixed in with uh, a few moments of ultimate terror. That's not the exact <laughs> quote, but, but something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah, right, just, yeah. Mixed games aren't about folding; they're about getting in the mix. You know, getting, exactly, getting in there yeah. and shaking it up. Good. Much less, much less boredom and much more terror. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right, let's uh, 
we'll move on to some uh, mixed game news. Well, some news anyway. It's hard to hard to find some mixed game news. So this piece of news that I have from uh, over here in the U.S. at least isn't solely related to mixed games, but we can we'll find a thread. Um, it's it is it's cer certainly a current hot topic, and I'm talking about uh, solvers in poker. So there's some incidences uh, as of late, and I mean this goes back a number of years, but now they're uh, sort of bring being brought into the light, and that's uh, recently someone was seen using a solver um, at a table uh, while in a hand. There's controversy: was it in the hand, out of the hand, blah blah blah. But uh, of course, you know, uh, poker Twitter took off with it, and uh, now it's in in the spotlight for at least a, a few moments on Twitter until the next big thing comes out. But so basically, I mean, it's mostly a hold'em problem. Doesn't really make its way into mixed games, and we we've, we've talked about that. I know over time, Martin, you know, here and again, sort of interjects that. You know, the, there are no solvers for these game, game like seven, seven, seven. I mean, you know, that we're discussing today or really any of them. They're they're far too hard for a computer to master, um, at least the technology we have today. So it's a hold them problem. And again, another reason if you're worried about solvers, just play mix and you don't have to worry about it. Kind of curious on your your take on this, Martin, maybe about, you know, uh, people utilizing sort of these aids. I really um I'm really against solvers. I enjoy poker because I, I like to try to make the best hand. I like to try to work out where my opponent is. I like to try to get value when I have the best hand. I like to try to get out of the out of the way when I have the worst hand. And solvers, I, I see that as, that's quite an art. What I like is quite an art. And solvers just make this game just so much of a science. I'm not scared of science. I'm quite a quite a good mathematician, but it's a people game. It's a social game, poker, and it's so much more enjoyable for sitting down there and trying to work out what your opponent's doing, where, where your opponent's hand is at, what, what the hand range is at, I guess, even. And solvers just, just take that away, you know. In any given yeah. poker situation, they come up with an answer. You've got to try to work out the answer for yourself if, if you're going to play poker, if, as far as I'm concerned. And, and this is the main reason... Why I don't play Hold'em. I don't want to be playing against people that are trying to remember what the solver told them about this spot. They take so long of the decision because they can't remember whether this is one of the spots where they need the five of hearts in the hand and not the five of clubs to make a call. But, but the mixed games are so much, you know, the, the, the game tree is so much more complex. That complexity frightens some people off. You know, they don't want to play complicated games. They want to play simple games because they're easy to remember and they don't have to worry about whether they've had another drink and, and the game's getting too hard for them. Okay, there's a balance you need to strike, but for me, if you can solve a game using a computer, it's something different to the poker that I fell in love with. And I've, I've written an article on the poker listing web, listings website called Driving Mixed Games. And in that, I talk about how problematic I see solvers in Hold'em. Um, very good article, uh, I, by the way. Yes, I, I'd I'm recommend going like over it. there to poker listings. Yeah, and and read it. Very entertaining. Yeah, it's not just about poker. It's about poker. Obviously, that's the underlying, uh, you know, subject there. But you 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 make it, e it very easy to read when you write. So yeah, I would recommend checking that Thank out. You appreciate listings. that, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. So so that that's my views on solvers. And just just uh, one final thing. I, I I notice, and I'm not, I'm not going to the detail of this, but the World Series of Poker is just started as we're recording this episode and 
they have come out and said that uh, they're not going to stand for any use of solvers at the table. As I say, I've not looked at the detail of that, whether it's okay to go away from the table and look between hands at your smartphone or not. I don't know. But um, it's a positive thing for me that the Pulsus of Poker is going to take some kind of a stand against solvers at the table. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I did look look at that. Um, and it is in the middle of a hand. They said if you're out of a hand, it, it is okay to, to look at the solver while not in the middle of a hand. But if you're in the middle of a hand, you will be penalized with up to a possible uh, disqualification and trespass, which means it sounds to me, you know, if uh, when a casino sort of get you for trespass, they have the potential to, you know, remove you from the property. So it sounds like it, anything from a, a mere penalty to removal from the property is my interpretation. Funny enough, though, Martin, they they also said, you're it's okay to be on your foot. You know, when you're in a hand, it's okay if you're playing on WSOB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That really kind of irks me, you know, it, to be honest with you, because... Yeah. The one reason, I mean, there's lots of reasons. I'm, I'm not a big fan of online play. I know it's some sometimes it's the only way we can play some of these games. But I have a hard time with a lot of online play, especially Hold'em, and even the mixed games when I play. A lot of people, because they're in, they're playing several games at a time, and they're slowing the game that you're in, not because they're thinking about a hard spot, which I'm okay if someone needs to take a moment to think about a spot. I'm okay with that, but because you're not at the table, because you have five uh, tournaments open or, or or ten tables, cash game tables, it, it just it kind of bothersome to me, and that's why I don't really like that somebody potentially could be on a laptop at the World Series at a live event and playing an, an online game simultaneously. It's an unnecessary slow up of the game, especially in today's atmosphere where we're. You know, there's a lot of talk uh, in poker about adding shot clocks to hold them and this and that, you know, because people are just taking too long. And so I, I don't like the encouraging people to do other things while in the middle of a hand. You're you're there to play that game, in my opinion. And if you're not going to focus on it, you know what, leave and go somewhere else. That's just, you know, it's, it might be a strong opinion I have there, but uh, that's how that's just how I feel. I do share your opinion, Sean. And um, a news item that I've got to bring to this episode, I have a. Can I go move on to that news item? Because I have a. a, a yeah, a yeah. Link, let's let's move on from this into and go something. On. Okay. Yes. First of all, I think that two news items. First of all, the bad news that Pokio, the app where I was playing Spit and Special, has ceased to operate. I think it's down to governments clamping down on people being able to get money onto online gambling websites. And that's happened in a lot of the countries where Pokio was previously quite popular. Now, that meant I couldn't play Fit and Special online anymore. But I also just recently found out that the Bitcoin website, which I play a lot of Deuce to 7 Open Face Chinese on, that website has recently started offering Svit and Special. To find the game, you need to look under the Omaha tab. And within that tab, there's another tab headed Draw Omaha. And all the games listed in that tab are basically Svit and Specials or, or Draw Omaha, as, as you described in one of the episodes of this podcast that you recorded in 2022, Sean. Now, why this is linked to what we were just talking about is I was playing earlier today some Draw Omaha, Svit and Special on SWC. 
as long si- at the same time I'm playing other games on other sites about three or four basically I'm careful not to slow things down myself but I find in, in this game when you when, when an opponent is offered an open card it's important to keep an eye on that card being offered to that opponent to see if they keep the card that gives you information about the hand they're playing whether they're playing the draw hand or the Omaha hand, or whether that card might have helped in both ways. I was playing against an opponent today who was taking a long time to decide whether to discard or accept that open card. So I'm playing, I'm watching that happen while separately PokerStars is waiting for me to act in a Deuce 7 No Limit Single Draw tournament that I ended up winning, by the way. And I'm also playing uh, Hot Limit Omaha High Low on Party Poker. So, and those those two sites are beeping at me, but I can't take my eye off this guy, whether he's keeping that card. Yeah, I'm having to make quick decisions on the other tables, but it, because that guy's taking a long time to decide on that, I, I, and I'm having to focus on that, it's, um, it's quite distracting to me than on the other tables. But as I say, I, I, I try to make sure that I don't take long on, on my decisions there. And uh, I think I do quite well at that, even under those circumstances. But it is quite, um, it's, it's quite bothersome at times. So you're one of these offenders, huh, Martin? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> At least in this particular instance. But uh, yeah, it was an, an odd instance, it sounds like. Yeah, well, that's just why I understand it happens online. That's part of why I just don't enjoy playing online as much as I would I would like play more. But again, to me, when we go into the live arena, I don't feel this should be happening. I know there was a somebody at a WSOP sometime in the past who was actually in two events and they're basically, you know, it happens once in a while and they run from table to table. I mean, that's got to yeah. be nuts. But if you're in a live <laughs> event, right, and you haven't been dealt in or you weren't at the table, you're just folded. Whereas online, you know, you, there's, you know there are timers and things, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a little bothersome. Well, I'm glad to hear. So one of your sites went out of existence and the other and another one started offering i wonder if there's any connection there to that i didn't notice um any news item from swc and then and usually when you log in there's a there's a window pops up that gives you new things and, and they've recently added six card omaha and do to seven single draw and that's come up as new games on the on the window that could pops up so whether the omaha was available for a long time before i don't know it did seem quite possible that they might have bought the software from Pokio, but I, I don't know. It doesn't. I, 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 I guess it's been there offered for a longer time, and just actually Wouter, the Wouter who was um, our special guest on the uh, Bad Mahar episode, he, he messaged me um, a few days ago to let me know that SWC were now offering Switzerland Special as an option. But as I say, I don't know how long that's been that's been on there. Yeah. But it looks like it looks like there might be some good action on that game, by the way, on the site. So I'm quite pleased about that. As I say, there has to be balance in the universe. So one loses it and another one, whether they recently gained it or have had it, but you found another place to play it. Yes. There's a new Facebook group called Mixed Games Poker Europe that has been started. So if anybody wants to know about mixed games being offered in Europe, look look up that Facebook group and uh, it'll be a good source of information about games that are coming up. And in fact, we're going to go on to mixed games events up, up and coming uh, in a minute. And there's a festival that I wasn't previously aware of that I found out there. So yeah, if, you, if you're on Facebook and you want to know about mixed games in Europe, look up Mixed Games Poker Europe. Apply to join the group. I'm sure admin will uh, not take long before they accept your application and look out for those events coming up. So this is something you recently uh, found, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, okay. actually, while I was playing a, a tournament at the festival series in Malta, 
the guy who started the group was playing the same tournament at the set at the time and uh, he basically came around the tables letting everybody know. So there's quite a few people signed up for it as well already. Yeah, the, the guy who started it, his name's William Lynch. He's Scottish and he travels to quite a few mixed games, festi- mixed games featuring festivals in, in around Europe. I think he might be going to Vegas this year as well. He's actually done quite well as well. He, he, in the festival series, he won the six card. I think it was four, five, six card Omaha tournament in both the last two festivals in Nottingham and Malta. Nottingham, England and in Malta. Good player as well by the sounds of it. Yeah, perfect to uh, start the Facebook group, I guess. Yeah. Um, so as Martin mentioned uh, earlier, the, the, the WSOP is upon us. So the World Series of Poker is here. I've spoken about the large number of mixed games at the WSOP in recent episodes, but I'll, I'll give a sort of a quick, uh, quickish recap here since now it's uh, now it's happening. WSOP is currently running in Las Vegas and will go through July 18th of 2023 with plenty of mixed game action um, with buy-ins ranging from $1,500 to $10,000 for, for the mixed games. Uh, there are also mixed cash games that run regularly uh, alongside the WSOP events. Also, there's a lot of festivals, right? The WSOP goes on, but there's a lot of other stuff going on, a lot of other poker festivals in Vegas. Uh, there's one at Aria, which I've also mentioned uh, before, the Aria Poker Classic at the Aria Casino in Las Vegas. That's running currently through July 15th with mixed games that will have Probably smaller crowds and smaller buy-ins, if that's your thing, than the WSOP. And the buy-ins there start as low as $240, so much more reasonable than a $1,500 buy-in. The Golden Nugget has a grand poker series. So the Golden Nugget on Fremont Street in downtown Las Vegas, that is running now through July 3rd, 2023. Lots of mixed games there, uh, PLO, Big O, Mixed Triple Draw, Low Ball, Limit Deuce to Seven, Horse, Stud Eight, Omaha Eight, and those buy-ins are two to three hundred dollars. So that's even more reasonable. Um, I think most of them are, I believe, three hundred. And then, of course, don't forget Robbie Straczynski's Mixed Game Festival Five at Resorts World coming up from July second through the sixth where he hosts uh, low stakes dealers choice cash games. And when you listen to this episode, you'll hear Martin and I mention the festival where we met in Las Vegas um, at Robbie's Mixed Game Festival playing uh, some dealers choice games. And finally, you can follow at Vegas Mixed Games on Twitter for regular updates, not only on WSOP, but other mixed game events throughout Las Vegas. So I'll be playing some of those games and I'll uh, talk about that in a little bit about my uh, upcoming trip. But first, uh, we'll go over to Martin for some mixed game events in Europe. Yeah. Just to add that, that that Twitter handle, the the mixed games Twitter handle that you mentioned there is really useful. I found that really useful when I went there last year uh, to, to direct me around the different tournaments that were happening. And I did play at Golden Nugget and I think the, the field was quite soft there compared to the World Series of Poker field, certainly. Um, yes, Europe. Uh, the First of all, there's um, the, the Tallinn, the Kings of Tallinn Festival is uh, having its summer showdown in July. July the 21st to the 30th and their tournament festivals, their tournament schedules always include plenty of mixed games action. The festivals, the schedule does start from 21st of July to the 30th, but the first mixed games uh, interest there is Pineapple Open Face Chinese on the 23rd of July. There's a Deuce to Seven Pot Limit on the next day, on the 25th. There's oh, there's just a four and five card PLO on the 25th. The 26th, there's an eight game tournament. The following day, the 27th, there's Fit and Special. 
The 28th is just a five-card PLO, but the 29th has a slightly more expensive open-faced Chinese pineapple, uh, pineapple open-faced Chinese tournament and a Soko tournament, which is a finished version of five-card stud. So plenty of action there in the tournaments at Tallinn. There's also in July, there's a festival in, in Austria, the Poker EM. This includes one event that might be of interest to mixed games players. That's the Seven Card Stud European Championship. Buy-ins 440 euros. Sorry, the, just going back to the Italian festival, all the buy-ins there are kind of between about 200 and 400 euros. So yes, there's the, the Austrian one features a Seven Card Stud Championship, which is the 24th to the 25th of July. It's a two-day event. The Poker SM Live in Bratislava, which I've mentioned on this podcast in the last few episodes, uh, I've recently found out that all the mixed games tournaments in that festival are only open to Swedish residents, which is bad news. Unless you're Swedish, of course, but that features Fit and Special, Horse, Chicago, and something else. I can't remember which one of these, Mook Poker. Oh, it's a five-card draw game. Mook Poker is a five-card draw game. But yeah, as I say, that's only open to Swedish people. I'm told there'll be good side game action, cash game action uh, for mixed games players there, but uh, I won't be going, unfortunately. Yeah, you think that the mixed game, the side action is open to non-Swedish residents? Oh, yes. It's only even, there are even tournaments on the schedule that are not closed to Swedish, to to people from outside Sweden. But unfortunately, all the mixed games events are only open to Swedish nationals. Um, Interesting. If anybody knows how to get a hold of a Swedish certificate, (laughs) I don't know what they use to verify your citizenry. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe if I turn up with a book that I wrote that's about a Swedish poker game. Now, the Malta Poker Festival will run from 24th to the 30th of October for its autumn edition. And the uh, next edition of the festival series will be in Bratislava from the 27th of November to the 3rd of December. The festival series certainly will include a good number of mixed games. I'm hoping the Malta Poker Festival will increase their offering as well, but uh, I don't have any uh, confirmation of that yet. We will have to wait and see. If you look at my Substack, pokerforleisure.substack.com, uh, which I'll give you, I'll spell that out later on when we talk about our contacts. There's an article called Cruising to Mixed Games Glory, which gives you more information about what's on offer there. That's in early September and it cruises around the Mediterranean. It's organised by an Italian company called E-top, ETOP. I think, it's, I think it stands for European Tour of Poker, even though it's, that's not, they're not Italian words, but I think that's what it stands for. Yeah, there's, there's a good number of people signed up for that cruise. I won't be going myself, it's quite expensive. But the tournaments on the cruise are not too expensive. They're, I think, between about 100 and 300 euros, if I remember correctly. Good. Yeah, it's a good bit of uh, information. I do appreciate you. Some of those, I know some of those tournaments are several months out, but uh, from when, you know, this podcast right now, but I do appreciate that because a lot of times I don't seem to be able to find information on tournaments sometimes early enough in advance for me to make plans. Like a lot, you know, a lot of times we have to travel to these tournaments and you need some time to plan travel, etc. And uh, I, I seem to find out about a lot of play, like almost not quite last minute, but certainly two last minute to make plans to sort of even in the US here to say fly to Florida or something and, and book a room and this and that. And, you know, there should be more advertising more in advance so people can, you know, make plans. I'd certainly make plans to go travel around a little bit more um, if I knew more in advance. So I appreciate that you're letting us know some of that stuff, you know, that's not maybe till October or November. 
Yeah, I mean, that's save the dates type information. But listen, you make a great point. And actually, that's the reason William Lynch quoted for starting that new Mixed Games Poker Europe Facebook page, because he'd been uh, too late finding out about a festival earlier on this year. And he just wants people to post everything on there so that everybody's got access to that information as early as possible. So he's actually encouraging casino operators to, to be involved as well as players that, that are interested in traveling. Getting information out, then people can uh, act on it. Get it out as soon as possible. That's that's the that's the uh, that's the idea. We just need someone like that on the United States side, Martin. But it's going to help out. Yeah, work out for the European side. Uh, yeah, no, well, it's a it's a great model. I like that. Yeah, actually, we modeled it on the Mixed Games Poker in Las Vegas Facebook group, which, again, is very useful. And the guy who runs the at Mixed Games Twitter handle that you mentioned, I think he's quite active on that group, actually. I think he always makes sure that everyone's aware of what's going on in Vegas, not only on Twitter, but also on that Facebook group. Yeah, well, and that's great. That's in Vegas, but there there are some things, you know, around the yeah, country. There's yeah. not a lot, but there there are other events. But <laughs> yeah, so he just, I guess, we just need to get him to get a new Twitter handle, you know, U.S. mixed games, and uh, <laughs> take over, take over very the entire good country. Point. Yeah, that's a very good <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah, it, it is limited to that one, that one city where the, okay, there's plenty going on, but it's a big country. Yeah, I'm but- sure there's plenty going on elsewhere as well. Yeah, and you're right. It is a it is a great Twitter handle, and there are a lot of events that we haven't even brought up. I have in some past episodes, but stuff at the New Orleans Weekly. There's mixed games at a couple of casinos uh, in Vegas, and good handle yeah, to South follow. Point. As Martin South Point, South Point, yep, that's it. South interesting Point, yep. games down there. Yeah, good. Yeah, and we've mentioned quite a few events, but if you know of any. Any upcoming non-Hold'em tournament events or cash games in Europe or the United States that we don't mention or haven't mentioned, uh, leave a comment or get a hold of us so we can uh, let our, let our listeners know. All right, let's uh, talk about our recent mixed game play. So I'm still not <laughs> I'm not playing a whole lot, just haven't had much of a chance. And, you know, as I've said numerous times, I'm not a huge fan of online. Uh, last episode or two, I did mention a couple of online events I played on PokerStars. But I have been studying and watching a lot of mixed game play on Poker Go, reviewing notes from prior study sessions and training sites that I'm a part of to prepare, well, for my upcoming WSOP trip. So I will be actually in Las Vegas in action a couple of days after this episode airs. So, you know, if you're there, you know, find me. I'll be, I mentioned the Aria Poker Classic. I'm thinking about playing the Aria 8 game or maybe the triple triple draw mix while I'm there. And that triple draw mix consists of ace to five low ball, which I described in episode nine. Deuce to seven, low ball, triple draw, which was episode 10, and Badoogie, which was episode 13. So I'm looking at maybe playing those. So in addition to the podcast episode, those are also in my book, which, as Martin uh, mentioned about his contact information, we'll give you uh, information where to find our books and our contact at the end of this episode. And I also mentioned the Golden Nugget Grand Poker Series. Unfortunately, the only mixed game in that series when I'm there will be the mixed, it's a PLO 8 slash 08 slash big O, uh, like a three mix event for $300. So I don't know, I might jump into that as well. But uh, unfortunately, there's a big Hold'em tournament there when I'm there. So uh, that's taking up most of the resources. 
But so that's not not really stuff I played. And I will be playing in the WSOP. I'm planning on either playing the uh, eight game mix when I'm there and or the deuce to seven triple draw event. So that's not really about what I've played in the past, but what, about what I'm looking forward to pretty much right after this episode airs. Uh, you can find me in Vegas playing. I'll be playing mix as much as I possibly can besides eating and uh, sleeping. So what, what do you have for us? I know, Martin, you're active uh, in the mixed game play over in Europe. What do you have for us? Well, first of all, you mentioned that Golden Nugget Triple Omaha High-Low tournament. I actually played that last year uh, while I was in Vegas, and it was very enjoyable. I didn't get anywhere. It was card dead, but half the time I was actually having to explain to the dealers and the players who had won the pot, but particularly with the low hands. So, so that gives you an idea of how soft the field was. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that earlier, I know, and I wanted to, to sort of say something, and now you gave me an opportunity since I didn't then, but <laughs> about the soft games, I said, I may actually end up really going to this Golden Nugget game now, since you mentioned how soft it is, excuse me, coughing, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and either either I'll cash or I'll know how bad I really suck, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I should go and, and see, but yeah, I, I am excited. Well, if the cards don't come your way, there's nothing you can do, especially when you're amongst players that don't know how to fold. You've got to get something right, at right. showdown that wins, otherwise you're going to be out. Uh, but anyway, good luck there, Sean. I hope you, hope you have a great series, uh, a, a great a great time in Vegas and, and take down some uh, some tournaments. Now then, uh, my recent play then, I've not gone into my uh, recent festival results I mean, Malta Poker Festival, first of all, it was, a, it was a good week of mixed games action. There was a great horse tournament that I hosted and uh, didn't come anywhere in that. I had a re-entry as well and actually finished down quite a bit for the week in the cash games. Just, just had a great time, but just, just uh, couldn't get any run of luck together. And then there was the festival series and um, made a profit on that week more than double what I'd lost at the Malta Poker Festival Series week. So I, I'm, I was happier after that. <laughs> I actually made two final tables in two days. I, I came third in the eight-game tournament and sixth in the horse tournament. In, in both in both events, I I, I was uh, pretty unlucky as well in, in the hands where I either busted in, in the case of the eight-game and got crippled in the case of the horse tournament. Yeah, both of those could have gone on to win the tournament if, if those hands had gone well for me. But never mind, that that's poker. Um, I also played a few events in Scoop on, online on Poker Stars. Made some de- de- decent deep runs, but had made no big caches, no final tables. And really disappointing in the $215 medium-sized buy-in horse event where I uh, was 14th with 81 players left and played a big pot where we were three-way and the, the bets were capped on several streets. By the fourth street, I was with, I had six five four three. The player on my left, I knew he was going high. The player on my right, I knew he was going low, but he had a seven and eight showing. I was in great shape all the way, but completely bricked out. And on the river, they both picked up a two. If that had come, one of those had come into my hand instead of theirs, I would have scooped a massive pot and I would have been a top five chip stack with those players left. But as it was, it dropped me right down into the field and uh, never got anything going after that. But but yeah, Scoop offered some great mixed games opportunities on Poker Stars. Enjoyed playing them, but as I say, made no made no meaningful caches there. 
And as I say, I won a Dukes of Seven single draw tournament online on PokerStars earlier today. So uh, that scoop's now finished and we were back in uh, in the normal day-to-day action on there. But uh, yeah, well, online's going okay apart from that. Congratulations on the uh, Deuce of Seven win. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I love that game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> more now, more so now, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I love all these games. <laughs> yeah, there's no, nothing like success <laughs> to make you want to play more. That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. Head over to Amazon for my book, Poker all the games a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games there you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games as well as chapters on why mixed games provide a better edge than no limit hold'em and several other chapters on mixed games and martin tell us where we can find your ebook and what it's called my ebook is also available on Amazon. It's called Pot Limits Vit and Special, a European version of Dromaha. And it takes you through the uh, through every aspect of that game, how, how it's dealt, what the rules are, how it's played, all the starting hands, what the strengths of the starting hands are, what the likelihood of being dealt, all the various starting hands are, and then of improving to stronger hands, and also the likelihood of picking up various strengths of Omaha hands. Uh, it takes you through how to play pre-flop, how to play the flop, how to play the draw, turn in the river. There's a section later on in the book giving you a test. You can go through a number of hands that I'd played and uh, see how well you can decide whether to bet, raise, call, fold, which cards to draw. And also gives a bit of information about some other variants of Spit and special that I've that I've got experience of playing. That's only available as an ebook right now. I'm hoping that sometime this year it'll also be available as a printed version. I need to find some time to do that. I've been really busy. Yeah. More Maybe you, you you can find some time to write between our podcasts, right? <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you right. I mean, you wrote the book on Svit and Special and uh, one one website went out, but you found another place to play it. So you can go to what is it? SWC. Is that what you said? Uh, SWC it? Poker. Yes. You can play that in the States, by the way, Sean. SWC Poker oh. is a Bitcoin site. It's okay. one of the sites that isn't regulated, but but. Most of most of the playing pool is in the in the States, I think. There are a number of mixed games available on there, not just Svit and Special. Like I say, I, I play a lot of Deuce to Seven open face Chinese on there. There are also yeah, well, you know, a number I'll of sign up games. for it, but I'll be staying away from those couple of games because I uh, I hear yeah. you're good at it somewhere. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, well, you, you you can sign up and play free rolls on there as well. I think it's half past the every the hour of every hour. There's a different free roll. Quite often it's Hold'em, but you know, I've seen in recent days I've seen them offering Courchevel. Eight game, Badugi, Badusi, all those free roll tournaments. They just give a few chips out. It's as I say, it's a Bitcoin site, and uh, one million chips is equivalent to one Bitcoin. And the free rolls have a prize pool of something like twenty or thirty chips total. So it's, it's minute, but it's a chance to yeah. practice. Good it's place to learn. To yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at p o k r all the games. And subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com to follow this podcast. 
Martin, where can our listeners follow you? Well, first of all, the uh, handle to remember is Poker for Leisure or Poker for Leisure. P-O-K-E-R, the number four, L-E-I-S-U-R-E. On Twitter, I'm at Poker for Leisure. And on Substack, I have the uh, the uh, channel pokerforleisure.substack.com. Struggle to get much on Substack recently, but there's a few things in the pipeline that I'm that are drafted and there should be quite a few things on there within the next two or three weeks. Good. Yeah. You make it easy for everybody. Basically poker for leisure or leisure um, everywhere. Well, that's all for episode 31, 777. Join us again in two weeks where I'll be recording from Las Vegas for episode 32, where we will discuss Oma Jack. Thank you for listening to Poker, All the Games. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Thank you.